Good evening. Welcome to our Sunday evening assembly. Let's be ready with the Word of God. Please open to the book of James in the New Testament. The book of James. You know, it is true that every book in the Bible needs our attention. And every book in the Bible contains practical benefit to enrich our faith, to grow spiritually, and for daily discipleship. The book of James focuses on very simple, practical instruction from God through James for Christians then and Christians today. The book of James is a discourse, easy to read and understand, to use James' own words that come near the end of the chapter. This book is about pure and undefiled religion before God. That's the phrase James uses near the end of chapter 1. Tonight I call your attention to one example of the practical value that we receive from the book of James. James provides good, simple instruction about how we can help people, how we can help each other, help our families, help our relatives and co-workers, and help our neighbors, and help unbelievers, even help those who have fallen from the faith. That God wants us to be so involved, we all accept. But we want and need good instruction from God. And all instruction from God is good. We need that instruction in the matter of how we can help each other and help people in general. Tonight I've selected five passages in the book of James about how we can help people. I hope you have your Bible ready. This study will begin with talking about help for people in general. But we are moving toward a very specific kind of help. And that will come a little later in our study. So first I want to make this point. James on helping people begins here. Ask God for help. I'm going to read a very brief statement from chapter 1. James chapter 1. If I want to help people, I need to ask God to help me help people. Whatever kind of help I intend to render to my neighbor, my family, my friends, my co-workers... Maybe I need to begin here. In fact, let's remove the maybe. I need to begin here. James 1 verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. If any lacks wisdom, let him ask God. I think sometimes when we contemplate the good work of helping people, whatever kind of help we're thinking about, sometimes our first thought is, I don't know immediately exactly how to proceed. 
Maybe we don't know exactly what to say <clears throat> to help someone. Maybe we are uncertain about when to approach someone or exactly what kind of help we need to render. So in all those matters, generally, about helping people, this is a good place to begin. If we lack wisdom, ask God. I tell you, it is never a mistake for Christians to ask God for help. In whatever we are contemplating, in knowing what to say or how to proceed, or exactly what kind of help we are best equipped to render to someone. Later in the book of James, in chapter 3 and verse 17, James says that the wisdom from above is first pure and then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy, good fruits, impartial, and sincere. Those are all things we need to bring into the service that we render to other people, whether in our family, our co-workers, our friends, or other Christians. Look at this list in James 3.17. Pure, peaceable, Gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And where does that come from? It comes from above. These are blessings well suited to equip us to help people. Whatever kind of help we're contemplating, whether it be physical or spiritual, whatever is under consideration we need help from God and God's people have this great privilege the highest of all resources to know what we need to be doing to help people ask God for wisdom material help spiritual help just encouragement ask God for wisdom Number two, we need to listen. We need to be good listeners. That's one way we can be well equipped to decide after we've prayed to God for help what we need to do specifically to help someone, whatever kind of help it might involve. So in James 1, I'm looking now at verse 19. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear slow to speak, slow to anger. You know, one of the greatest examples of someone helping people is seen in the life of Jesus Christ. In fact, that is the greatest example of how we help people. And one of the noticeable qualities in Jesus Christ that you encounter when you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he was willing to listen to people. Examples are all through those first four books in the New Testament when Jesus engaged people by taking the time to listen to them. Examples like the woman of Samaria in John chapter 4 or listening to his disciples having conversation with them or the blind man and his family and his critics in John 9. Sometimes before you know how to help someone you have to patiently listen to their story. 
let them talk, but listen while they're talking. That patient listening equips us to better know how we can help people spiritually or physically or simply with emotional support or encouragement or admonition. We are best equipped to know exactly what we can do to help people in whatever way it might be when we pause and listen to them. That equips us to know how to help people. Sometimes I think when we want to help people morally and spiritually, we go in to interrogate. We go in to interrogate. And it becomes sometimes a hostile interview. I tell you, there's great benefit in patient listening before responding. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. James is helping us understand how we need to live and how we need to deal with people we can help. Number three, we can help people by showing no partiality. No partiality. I'm going to read from James chapter 2 and I'm going to read from verse 1 down through verse 9 so that we have the context of this part of what James is telling us. My brothers, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in, and if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and you say, sit here in a good place, while you say to the poor man, you stand over there or sit down at my feet, have you not then made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he has promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man. Are not the rich the ones who oppress you and the ones who drag you into court? Are they not the ones who blaspheme the honorable name by which you were called? If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you're doing well. But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. Here's the point I should like to make. Everyone that you can befriend, everyone you can help to learn the truth and serve God, every brother and sister in Christ that potentially you can encourage and support, every single one is different from you. Every single one. A different race, 
a different background, a different personality, a different level of income, different dress, different level of education. If we seek to help people to serve God, we cannot discriminate or show partiality. James says, when we do that, listen to this, he says, when we do that, we are committing sin and we are convicted. As Christians, let's not just think of helping people who are like us in all of those ways. James starts this chapter by saying, if you show partiality, that is not compatible with faith in Christ. So God, through James, is telling us how we ought to treat people, deal with people, lead them to God and help them in a lot of different ways, showing no partiality or discrimination. Number four, do not be a grumbler. It says in chapter 5 and verse 9, Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. Do not grumble. Just take hold of that part of it. Grumbling, complaining is such a bad habit that has no value for us or for others. Encouragement, needed admonition, that has value. Listening to people, deciding what you can do and asking God to help you help them, that has value. Grumbling changes nothing. It contributes to a depressed, negative attitude about life. And I'll tell you what, it turns people away. Paul wrote of this in Philippians 2.14 in a more general way. He said, do all things without grumbling or doubting. If when we open our mouths, the first thing people hear is complaining, harsh words, a list of irritations, and general negativity, we may create such distance from people that we are ill-equipped to help them because they've walked away in the middle of all of our grumbling. You remember the story of Job in the Old Testament? He was under a severe trial of hardship with multiple losses in a very short period of time. So Job was seated in a place of pain and mourning. His friends came. And the Bible says they came to show him sympathy and comfort him. Job chapter 2 and verse 11. So these friends come and they arrive and for seven days and seven nights they said nothing. They were just there. And Job explained to them his emotions and they were just there. Then these three friends opened their mouths and began to speak and at that point they stopped comforting Job. 
When they were silent and they were just there, it was of some comfort to Job. When they opened their mouths, they accused Job, they questioned him, they grumbled against him. When they started talking, the comfort ceased. What a lesson for us. That's an example for us to be careful what we say and how we say it and to understand that grumbling and complaining just isn't helpful and may in fact drive people away. Sincere admonition, needed rebuke, encouragement, all of that has value but when we open our mouths and issue words of grumbling it isn't helpful. Now, you remember what I said to you when we started? I said we were going to talk about what James says about helping people in a very general sort of way. But we've been moving towards something very specific. I want you to turn to James 5, 19 and 20. Let us do what we can to help people in every legitimate way that people need help. But let us remember what is most important in helping people. To help people come to God. Or if they've left God, to come back to God. That's the whole point. And James takes us there in chapter 5, 19 and 20. My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. Uh, in all that we do for people, in our relationships with each other, with Christians, with neighbors and people lost in sin, in all that we do for people in a variety of ways, the highest motive, the best help God's people can offer is to help people respond to God. When you help someone with food, with groceries or a meal, that's a good service that you provide. Here is the highest kind of food we can offer to anyone. This is nourishing, perfectly so. This isn't fast food. This is the nourishment all of us need and everybody we know needs this kind of nourishment. I'm not discouraging helping people in physical ways. But we need to keep in mind in all of our love for our neighbors, family, co-workers, that this is what everybody needs. Spiritual food for the soul. When we provide transportation for someone in need, that's commendable. But what people really need above physical transportation is spiritual transportation. They need to be taken to God. And we hope and pray they're willing to make that journey. 
When we listen to someone and we sympathize and we give counsel, that's helpful. But all of us need the counsel of God, the whole counsel of God, not just heard, but with obedient response. I'm telling you, this is where James takes everything about loving your neighbor and helping people. The highest kind of help we can give anyone is to take them to God, or if they've left God, to try as best as we can to bring them back. Ask God for wisdom. Show no partiality. Be willing to listen. Don't grumble. Help people to God. So here in these words written by James, there is this reality of people who know are, are people that we know who've wandered from the truth back into sin. Once faithful disciples, they were involved in the Lord's work. They were doing their best to serve God, but they drifted away. They departed from the faith. What help can we provide them? We need to be helpers in every way that we have studied tonight, but the highest kind of help we can offer is to show them the way back to God and where they need to be fed. And here's how valuable this help is. James speaks of the value of this help. He says, Whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. I need to help people in every legitimate way that I can to the best of my ability and opportunity according to the skills I have. Ask God to help. Listen to people. Show no partiality, no grumbling. But what is most important? That's where James concludes his letter. My brothers... If anyone among you wonders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. Back to that phrase James uses in chapter 1. You remember I brought this up earlier. Pure and undefiled religion before God in James 1.27. You know, you don't need to stop and, and define all those words. You don't need to be a biblical scholar. You don't need to explore interpretive options and unpack images and consult theologians. Just read what James says. Very simple instruction that will nourish us and enable us and equip us to nourish others. And remember what he said in chapter 1 verse 22. He said, be doers of the word and not hearers only. So, let's leave here tonight with the intention to be helpers. Based on the word of God that we've heard and read we go forth obediently to help people in every way. We're able to help them legitimately, but with in mind the highest kind of help everybody we know needs. If you're not a Christian, here's a summary of what we recommend that you study from your Bible. 
God is above all. The Bible we've studied from tonight is his word. Jesus Christ is the son of God. Sin is man's problem, but you can be redeemed by the blood through the activity of your faith. Hearing the gospel, believing in Jesus Christ, repent of your sin, confess your faith, being baptized for the remission of sins, live faithfully, and help everybody you know to do the same. Let's be standing as we sing.